Welcome back to Restless and Merry Christmas to you all. I'm Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined Paul and Lauren, the OG cast, coming back for talking about... We never left. <laughs> we never left, that's true. We're talking about some, uh, some, just some Christmassy stuff, and in particular, how to feast and how to feast well, because Christmas is uh, a feast for the ages. So, um, I don't know about you guys, but like Thanksgiving just, you know, happened. Did you guys like eat a lot? Of course. Not particularly this year. No? No. Why not? Did you cook or? No. So that's why you didn't eat a lot? <laughs> you didn't, you didn't <laughs> I like didn't say cooking? that. I did say that. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Paul's mom. I, Step up your game. <laughs> no, we didn't. It wasn't my mom. No, okay, that's no, good. No, that's no. good. I was at a different person's house. No, I just, <laughs> I'm not actually a big fan of the Thanksgiving meal. No? It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's very, I mean, it's very traditional. Like you, you, I feel like you have to eat certain things at Thanksgiving, unlike other holidays where you can kind of be a little bit flexible. If you like ham, you eat ham for you know Easter or whatever. But Thanksgiving is like he's got to be turkey. Yeah, had turkey. Yeah, and it's fine. And hard, it's hard to make turkey well though. I make turkey well. Do you? Yeah. Keep it moist. Yeah. That's a hard thing. The trick is to cook it at a high temperature for a short amount of time. Is that okay? okay. That's what okay. I do. Because some people brine it. Some people... I do brine it, yeah. Do you? But 425 for like two and a half hours for a 15-pound turkey. Oh, wow. That's about it. Okay, that's actually pretty quick. And you cover like the breast hours. halfway through so it doesn't burn ah. with aluminum foil. See, all these tricks and, t- and tips. I think we should have a cooking show with Paul. No, oh, no, pass. No, I mean, what's, what is your favorite recipe to make? Because you're quite a cook yourself. Well, my favorite recipe of all time? Yeah. What do you, oh, what do you make know. well? I make well. What do I not make well? No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh no. Um, I mean, I grew up with Italian food, so that's my that's my uh, that's my forte. But um, I make my my dish that I get most complimented on is my lasagna bolognese. Ah, oh. and that's uh, so it doesn't have ricotta in it. No, it's bolognese. So it's just it's the recipe from that town, that city. Okay, and so it's just. Bolognese sauce. That's Bologna, right? right? Bologna. Bologna. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, good. Sorry. Sorry. Um, no. It's where we get bologna from. It's mortadella. Wait, seriously? Bologna. Bologna. Bologna, the, the meat. Oscar it's, Mayer Bologna. It's from Bologna. Sorry, I don't know if we're allowed to say that with sponsorships. It's not sponsored. <laughs> they, not did, sponsored. they did not pay Oscar us, Mayer. but they should. No, it's Bologna. Bologna is Bologna, Italy. I had no and idea, it's, it's more it's mortadella, which is the meat. And in, in, if you go to Italy and you order mortadella, it kind of tastes like bologna, kind of. Really? Yeah, it's much better. Really? Yeah, I would say I've never ever liked bologna. That's the one food I will never eat. You'd like bo- um, mortadella though, maybe. Which is basically. I also don't in like. Any case, but I don't like salami or like. Oh, well, you just don't know what's good. Um, no, I don't. So uh, prosciutto. So, ugh. Oh, it's my favorite. Oh. Anyway, but this anyway, this sorry. is a lasagna made with fresh pasta noodles and bechamel sauce, which is like a milk and butter flour mm. sauce, and then bolognese and parmigiano, and that's it. Fresh pasta is so different, so much better than the boxed stuff. Ah, it depends. Well, that's a controversial. We should move on because that's 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 just not true. Because you don't use fresh pasta with certain dishes. Like oh, really? you would never make a carbonara with fresh pasta. Really? You'd only use dry pasta. Interesting. Like with seafood pastas, you very would rarely use fresh pasta. You okay. use dry pasta. Okay. But with anything with meat, like like a wild boar ragu, a bolognese, or anything like that, you would only use fresh pasta. There's a lot of rules. <laughs> Tomato sauce, use any pasta you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you're allowed to have your preference. Well, fresh pasta. Yeah, but his preference is Italian. I mean, like he's an Italian, so he is his preference takes pre- precedence over my preference. No, I don't I care what you do. Do whatever you want. I'm just telling you what tastes good. <laughs> I mean, it's just like you could do it. Objectively not, speaking, it's not going to be as inferior. good. Like, it's just if you put them side by side, you there was one you'll like better. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Lauren, do you cook? Yes. What do you make? What's your go-to? Uh, 
let's see. I really only like to cook for other people. I mean, I'll do simple stuff for myself, but I much prefer getting other people together or cooking for my family. Mm. So, I mean, I make a big CD. I, I don't do anything that often either. I can make chili. Um, mm. I make like a, like a simple um, Mexican pasta, like with beans and mm-hmm. cheese and chicken. And it gets with a, you put in heavy cream, so it gets nice and creamy and thick. Ooh. Uh, like good. a taco bake, like recipes I've just found that yeah. are good. Like I like things with a good amount of flavor. Yes. And I always, or in my own family, if I've felt like we've done traditional things that aren't that flavorful, I'll always ask if we could step it up somehow or <laughs> mix something else in or so. So, you, so you're not a fan of like pot roast, meat and potatoes? Um, they all have their place, you know, but I don't cook that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, re- I feel like I really haven't, established myself like as a cook yet or learning you know herbs and how to cook different meats and stuff because I've only been living on my own for like a year and a half or so so who does the cooking at at your house in my apartment yeah Yeah, we all cook for ourselves oh do you I made lentils for the first time oh lentils I was trying to be healthy yeah and I like I found a recipe but I just kind of did what I wanted and it turned (laughs) out well so I am capable in that sense. Like I get, I don't ever, I would say, follow a recipe strictly mm. and I, I don't really do a bad job. Usually what I make is good. Nice. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, have I some to, basic I skills. I used to live with Father Luke Suarez, whom both of you know, who's, uh, is, is a baker extraordinaire. Yeah. He bakes yeah. so well. And I, I don't like to bake because it is too much, too exacting. Oh, I love baking. I hate following recipes. I'm just kind of like, yeah, a little dash. You can of this, still mix up baking. People say you can't, but you can. You can a little bit. Yeah, you can. Which I also do. I'll say that's too much sugar. Or I liked, I made chocolate chips, chocolate chip cookies today, and it was only uh, baking soda and I added baking powder. But I checked other recipes because I just didn't want the cookies to come out flat. And a lot of times they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they kept their shape. Good. So puffy. Yeah. What you want? It's kind it of turned like, out. Oh, I like so I like flat, thin cookies where like the butter will get like, it's kind of the um um the caramelized or yeah where the almost. butter gets like browned. Yeah, bernoisette is what it's called. Brown butter is called a bernoisette. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, so it's like a small burn. Okay, like bernoisette at yeah, sure. So like uh, so that's like I'm the French cook, married. <laughs> cook cookies you can get that, and so like when they're really thin but use really high quality butter, and it's like oh that's my favorite. Nice. I like thick cookies too, but I like thin. I like Tate's. Tate's are good. Tate's are good. Again, not sponsored. sponsored. (laughs) Mr. Producer, not sponsored. That's right. Although, if we can get a sponsorship from Tate's Cookies, I'll take that. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Please Mm. deliver some boxes to our house. (laughs) That'd be good. So, you know, let's talk about this from the spiritual perspective, right? Because, like, we talked, we had an episode all about fasting, which is important. And we're supposed to do that as a Christian, you know, on kind of a regular basis, not just Lent, but certainly Fridays, you know, make some sort of sacrifice. And, and in the old days, you got, had things like Ember Days. You ever hear of those? Mm-hmm. I still don't know what all of them are. I could probably Google them, but days like just unique days of fasting, just in the middle of a season, just to kind of remind you like, okay, you know, as a Christian life, it should be penitential. But what, I mean, is feasting also important in the spiritual life? Definitely. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I think Jesus taught us that, showed us that, and um, there are certainly days within uh, the church over the year that we are supposed to celebrate and come together, and that's part of the spiritual life. That's part of community. Um, I don't think we're meant to live a life that's all sacrifice and denial, and you know, I mean, there should be joy. Yeah, yeah. 
communion, you know, eating together, breaking bread. Right. I remember, you ever seen the movie Into Great Silence? No. It's, oh. a, it's a really powerful movie about, it, it just basically is a documentary about the lives of Carthusian monks who live in oh, wow. the Alps. Really beautiful. Um, it was actually the monastery, I think it was the monastery of Chartreuse where the liqueur oh, yeah. was invented. I like green Chartreuse. Yeah, yeah. So they, they came up with that. But but the whole thing, you know, they, they're basically hermits, more or less, in the fact that like they don't interact except for Sundays because they recognize the, the necessity of talking and conviviality on Sundays. And so they break bread, have a main meal, have something. So it's like the balance of fasting and, and feasting. Yeah, and I think the, the sign of that, even in Lent, which is the most penitential, solemn season of the year, we still have two major solemnities generally, which is Feast of St. Joseph and I think always Annunciation. I don't know, maybe there's some weird calendar. Sometimes it moves occasionally. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, so but generally it's the 25th and the 19th of March, which are usually in Lent. You also have every Sunday, which is solemnity. Ah, so that, wait, now that's a debated question. Can you can you feast on a Sunday in Lent? Sure. Like, can you give up your penance? Yeah, I say yes yeah. now. Do For you? a long time I said no, but now I, I say yes. I think we're, yeah, I think, I mean, if you don't feel that you, if it's something that you shouldn't go back to. Well, yeah, it depends. Like, like if you gave up social media, then stick to it. Yeah, stay to that. Yeah. But if you've given up chocolate, like you can probably have a piece of chocolate on a Sunday and that's like good. And as long as it's intentional, I think it's okay. And also you have the, 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 where you get to wear your rose garments those Sundays, like yes. Latore Sunday and Godate. Right? Laudate and, yeah, and, and yeah. Godate. Godate. La- yeah. Latare. Latare, yeah. And so those are like little mini breaks in the penitential season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I don't know. Although I think we're meant to feast. St. Alphonsus Liguori said, it said complete abstinence is easier than perfect moderation. So like, so like uh, giving, something, something, giving, yeah. giving something up for like... You know, forty-six straight days from Ash Wednesday to Easter, mm-hmm. I think, is easier than. All right, I can only have two cookies today on Sunday because it's a break. But like, oof, I want to have seventeen. <laughs> that I don't know if it was him or someone else saying, instead of giving up something completely, you let yourself have like one or two bites and you don't finish it. Oh, uh, right. Oh, uh, pure <laughs> torture. That would be hard. Like, and like that inner battle, you're like, well, it's only a couple more bites, right? I could just have it. It's like, no, make the sacrifice. Yeah. Try to say no. Well, St. Teresa of Avila used to sit and do her work with a perfectly ripe pear on her desk to tempt her so that she would grow in, in her strength of will because apparently she really loved pears. I like a good pear. I like a good pear too. I mean, mm-hmm. she had never discovered like, you know, um, like Swiss chocolate, I think, or... Mm. You know, tiramisu because she was a 15th century Spanish mystic, but nevertheless, <laughs> I don't think they they probably didn't have chocolate yet. No, because that was a new world invention, new wasn't world. it? Yeah. Not an invention. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess kind discovery, of. Invention? discovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, was, it existed in the. New but world. I don't think it tasted as good back in then. <laughs> they had to combine it with. I don't know. You know, they made it like coffee, milk, so. and sugar. Mm. Yeah. So, so what is your favorite feast of the church year? Easter. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I think it's the best. I think it's the best. Okay. I think it's it's a. I think this Lent can be hard. Mm. It's also the winter, and I think Easter is, it's just amazing. And plus, you have the Triduum, which is just beautiful, and there's like anticipation for a long period of time. Yeah. And it's the resurrection of our Lord, and it's the longest, the longest fifty days, right? Whatever. It's the longest season, Easter season. It's just fantastic. I like Easter because it's the least commercialized. Unlike Christmas, 
know, which has a lot of secular elements to it. But Easter is just purely religious, like, except for like Easter Bunny, but nobody really. I don't think people do that anymore. Do no, not not so much. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like we were um, we were Christmas caroling a couple of weeks ago at, at this uh, nursing home for nuns that's in the town of Monroe where I live, mm-hmm. and the nuns were like, "Oh, can you please come back at Easter?" And we're like, "Sure, but what are we gonna sing? There's no Easter carols, you know." It's like, let's Peter. do a little praise and worship. I, that's a good idea, actually. The three of us could do it. We could. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. What's your favorite feast? Well, f- to answer. Like spiritually, it'd probably be Easter for the same reasons that Paul mentioned. For feasting, it would be Christmas Day. Really? For sure. What's your, what's your tradition of Christmas Day? Prime rib. Ooh. And roast potatoes, string beans and bacon, peas and mushroom. Like it's a fantastic meal that mm. my parents make. And before them, my grandpa, so my grandma made. Turkey. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. And <laughs> You have a thing against turkey, don't you? No, we, I don't. I like turkey a lot. I had turkey today. Oh, nice. <laughs> a lot of uh, We also... I would always say we overdo like the hors d'oeuvre portion as well. Mm. So we have so much food. Oh yeah, we we just totally overdo it. But I mean, it's fantastic. In you fact, know, one time I came to Lauren's house, and we actually did make an entire meal of hors d'oeuvres that were left over from a wedding. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty epic. It was stuffed mushrooms was the main course. Oh yeah, yeah. so good. It was it was Don't good. Don't let food go to waste. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. So what is the difference then between just between feasting and just having a good meal or or gluttony, right? Which is what a lot of people think feasting is, like just eat so much that your buttons pop off. Well, I think it's intentionality to some extent, right? Mm. I don't know. Like you feast, if your intention is to celebrate the birth of our Lord and you're feasting because of that, it doesn't seem particularly gluttonous. Mm. But if it's a Tuesday <laughs> and you want a 50-piece chicken McNugget... Do they make them that big? I don't know. I, oh, okay. I haven't had a chicken McNugget in a long time. Anyway, uh, That's why you're healthy? Um, we're not sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. Um, but uh, but like fifty piece McNugget is probably on a Tuesday, and it's not you know a major feast day. So it's like transcendence. Like there needs to be a transcendence. Yeah, reason it needs to be feast. a reason. Yeah, it's intentionality. It's it's you're directing your feasting toward a proper thing. Also, we generally like to feast after a penitential season. Mm. Like Advent, well, or Lent. Yeah, I wish people kept Advent as a penitential season. I mean, I've been having it's Christ- a weird season. I've been having though. Christmas parties for forty days. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a- the challenge, though, because you you do gather before Christmas, and then it does the season does lose its meaning. I think so. Yeah, I I think so. I think it's a weird season, though. It is. It's a weird. It's not a. Com- it's not Lent. It's no. just. It's not. You still say the Alleluia. You don't say the Gloria, but you still say Alleluia. Right. 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 I mean, there's, there's, it's like, it's also anticipation, it's prophecy, it's hope, like all the readings that are leading up to it. It's all very, as opposed to Lent, which is kind of like things keep getting like darker and darker, darker, darker right? And, <laughs> then, and, then there's, and, then, and then there's light, you know? Right. Um, but Advent is a weird season. So uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it can be balanced. I don't think it should be like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't treat Advent as though it's a mini Lent. Maybe mini and mini meaning short and mini meaning less penitential maybe yeah because it does have an anticipation hopefulness to it as it should it does but but i think the contrast is what makes celebration so delightful mm. you know there's there's friday and then there's mm-hmm. sunday there's yeah well oh, that's right well because every friday is a mini good friday and every sunday is a mini easter mini easter exactly yeah. right yeah. so there should be that that cycle of penance in fact the early church fasted every wednesday every friday right eastern we, church 
still does, I believe. They're supposed to, yeah. yeah. And have you ever seen the, the what the Eastern Church does for Lent? Oh, it's, it's like they have like weird days where you can't have dairy, like on a yeah, like on the hardcore, it's like no dairy, Thursday. no olive oil, no you know, no butter, no meat, no. I mean, it's like basically bread and vegetables. Yeah, which I give them a lot of credit for that because I think we as Catholics have definitely toned that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys keep the Friday uh, fish thing? Y- yes. You're asking you around. Yeah, you're around. Yeah, I do, but more recently I've cut back meat. Like in general, oh really? So it's not no, it's too. not the same. Oh, yeah. Like for myself, I I pretty much stopped cooking meat. Mm. But if my parents make it and I go over there, or if someone else has me over, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, so you're not a vegetarian. No, thank goodness. I don't think I could ever do that. There's, yeah, it's it's hard though to do the Friday fish yeah, thing. Yeah, I I would say I probably get besides Lent. So what? How many Fridays are there outside of Lent? There's what seven, seven Fridays in Lent. Yeah, seven Fridays in Lent. Plus with Good Friday. Yeah. yeah. So that's 52 minus seven, which is 45. So I'd probably get 40 out of the 45. Okay. That's no not meat. bad. It's not bad? Okay. You see, for me, I love fish way more than I love meat. Fish is a treat. I mean, we used to have I mean, tuna fish, salmon, crab cakes. I mean, that, how is that penitential, right? So so for me, I don't do the Friday fish thing because I think the spirit of it is, is to, to really sacrifice. And mm-hmm. for me, fish is not a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... But I mean, it's certainly de- definitely part of our culture, our Catholic yeah, culture. Yeah, I would say, but you have to substitute it with another penance, right? Yeah, you have to yeah. be intentional about that. It's not a yeah. Not a free and meal. so I think for a lot of people, like, well, you could just not eat meat on Friday, which is just even after like whether the USCCB issued that document in '72 or whatever, it was like, yes, you can still do the Friday fast, and that is penitential. Or you can do all these other things which can substitute it, but then you have to question, like, is it enough? Or you could just not eat meat on Fridays. That's true. Right? That's true. And yeah. it's like, if you just do it, like, keep keep the, I don't know, my thing is, like, keep things simple. Yeah. Right? I mean, really, compared to all other world religions, we have the least dietary restrictions. You know, think about Jews and Muslims who can't eat pork and oh, uh, eat like halal or eat strict kosher. Strict kosher is very, strict very kosher hard. Is tough. Yeah. Very hard. And frankly, not all that delicious. <laughs> Oh, I've had good kosher food. I have too, but it limits what you can have. Yeah. You know, no cheeseburgers, no pepperoni mm-hmm. pizza. Although they use this uh, like cashew milk cheese now where you can have a cheeseburger because it's not dairy. It's just cashew milk cheese and it's actually pretty good. Okay. But that brings up a, qu- a fundamental question. Yeah. Right. Can we eat veggie burgers, which are becoming so realistic that they look and taste like meat oh, on, I re- I just read on some- a Friday night? I just read. Some- I think the. Oh, interesting. I think the Exodus 90 people just released something. Not, we're not sponsored by Exodus 90. The <laughs> Exodus 90 people just released something that you're not supposed, like for the Exodus 90, like having Beyond Meat or Impossible Burgers or whatever, Beyond Burgers, Impossible Meat, whatever it is. They, um, like, that's not, like, don't. Don't do that. Don't do it. I think partly because of the scandal aspects. Because other oh, people can look at you and oh, think you're eating yeah. meat. I think a black bean burger where it's intentionally a black bean burger, that's completely fine. Yeah, because those are disgusting. Oh, it's, t- so it's totally <laughs> Oh, you've never had a good black bean burger. Okay, maybe I haven't. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking of... Oh, like the, the, we used the to get terrible, like the, like, the veggie burger. We used burgers. to get like the veggie burgers that oh, were like, yeah, you can yeah, see chunks like, of carrot in yeah, the veggie burger. Or like that no, no, like, like a proper, like really good vegetable patty can be so good. It's like made with like sauteed mushrooms and black beans and like so that really brings up really stuff. the whole penitential idea anyway, right? Is it, I mean, is it penitential to eat I a mean, black bean burger if maybe it's so if good? Maybe you really want a cheeseburger, maybe like beef, beef cheeseburger. Yeah, I don't know. But here we are talking about fasting when we should be talking about feasting because that's the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's well, you kind of you almost have to talk. You always, if you're talking about fasting, you also have to talk about feasting. That's true. They really are right, two they, sides of the same coin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, though, our culture has lost 
a sense of fasting and needs more of that. Yeah. I mean, just look at how many obese people there are. This is I, a major problem. I think we've lost feasting. I mean, for their health. I'm, yeah. I'm not just saying it. Like, there are so many health problems associated with that, and it's just continuing to become a bigger and bigger problem. No pun intended. <laughs> Ha. Not good, but I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, even for youth, unfortunately, right? So I don't know. I think we have gotten too gluttonous. Um, eat whatever you want, whenever you want. You know, I, I don't know these lifestyles that people. As are Paul's living. playing with the chocolate. Uh, yeah, he, I had, he had chocolate right before the show. <laughs> yeah. Father Joseph was so nice to give us chocolates. So uh, for Christmas, totally regifted from parishioners. Which we're okay with. I'm okay. perfectly fine with that. Was, <laughs> yeah, still... I would call this. This was like a six out of ten. It was fine. Six out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> But what I'm saying, I think, also goes back to just a sense of a loss of God, yeah, faith and religion. Right. Why do I need to fast? What does it matter? Right, fasting doesn't Even make sense. Even my brother it's... got like mocked by his own friends going out to dinner on a Friday night um, during Lent, like once, uh, because they were at like a burger place or something, and he wouldn't get a burger. Hmm. You know, and they ridiculed him like, "Are you really not going to eat meat?" And he's like, "No, I'm really not." I'll get a salad, you know, like, wow. good for him. And that to me, it's like, is like, most people know that, you know, no meat on Friday during Lent, but right. yeah, to think that people like are shocked to see someone actually live that out. And it's like a really small sacrifice too, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, Especially since fish is yeah. so good. Exactly. Fish yeah. is so good. I've been trying to do the Wednesdays too. Oh, good. I'm not as good. good. Wait, is today Wednesday? No. No, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow. You can't have meat. Sorry. I probably won't. So tomorrow I've got my staff Christmas party, so. I'm not at your staff Christmas party. No, you're not. No, okay. I noticed. Great. You're not on my staff. <laughs> I wish you were. I would hire you for something. I don't know. Um, IT. IT. Oh, yeah. Sorry, your finance. Never mind. Yeah. Although I'm part-time IT. I always joke at my job that, like, people come to me with their IT issues, and it actually, at my new company, I got added to the IT distribution list. Really? So I started to get like tickets from all over the world. Well, people's IT. Tell issues. them you need a raise for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no. You teach history, or something like that. What? If he were if he were hired by you, he'd be a teacher. At oh, Cardinal yeah, Kong. probably Cardinal Kong. Yeah. 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 Also, my parish. Oh, oh that's He's right. You also run a parish. I also run a parish. Actually, that's my kind of my main gig. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of gigs. I do. It turns out. Yeah. <laughs> stay busy. But I think we mentioned something, and it's about the culture's lost a sense of feasting as well. Yes. And I think you brought up a good point, Lauren, where it's people, we're gluttonous as a society. And I think we've decided to be gluttonous under the charade of feasting. Yeah. Right. Okay. So every 16, 17 Sundays in football season, a lot of people will sit from 1 till 11 oh. at night and eat terrible food every Sunday. Mm. And not just the Super Bowl. It'll be every Sunday. It'll be pizza and wings and whatever. Every Sunday, chips. Beer. That's a big part of American culture. Right. It is, yeah. And, like, that's not a feast. You might be sure. It's like, oh, it's football Sunday. We have to have, like, a mini party every Sunday. Yeah. Like, well, that's not actually a feast. You're just gorging yourself. Yeah, it's not it's really It's like it's different if you do it once on the Super Bowl. Yeah. Versus, like, 19 Sundays with the playoffs or... Yeah, 20, 20 or, or yeah, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Oh, and you got to go to the bar on Thursday night because there's a Thursday night football. That's true. Right. Yeah. Now they're doing Saturday football too. And you got to well, college on Saturdays. So mm-hmm. Yeah. College football on Saturday. Football. Yeah. I mean, every day is, every day is a football feast. Right. It's like, but, well, you lose it. But you know, I think that you, you bring up a great point is that one of the things that attracts people to football, and I love the NFL, don't get me wrong. But one of the things is that when you're surrounded by 70,000 people that are all cheering for something that's 
you feel like you're part of something greater than yourself. Oh, for sure. You know, you're, it's, yeah. it's almost a mini transcendence. Like, like when you have victory, you're seeing this as a, as a, not just okay, there's a team that's doing something, but like I am part of the team and I am mm-hmm. getting to share in that glory that mm-hmm. you know that they're receiving, and that's a total substitute for what Christianity is meant to be. Mm. Right. And, and of course, you look at the, the contrast between like, you know, the men who paint their faces and are shirtless in zero degree weather in Lambeau Field. That's right. I was going to say a Packers game. You know, if those same men come to Sunday mass, the Lord be with you and with their spirit. I'm like, dude, where's the enthusiasm? Like you have so much enthusiasm for this game that is literally not going to matter in 10 minutes mm-hmm. versus the one thing that really matters, which is your everlasting salvation and what Christ has already done. He's already won the victory. Yeah. yeah. Although if I had to pick one team, which probably has the most Christian fans. It'd be the Saints, of course. Mm. Brunch. Yeah, probably probably the Packers, right? Packers? Why? Wisconsin. It's pretty Christian. Is it very Christian? But it's Christian. Oh, well, I mean. And a lot of Catholics, too, in pockets. Oh, Boston's very Catholic, too, but I hate the Patriots. I'm never going to acknowledge any Christian (laughs) element of the Patriots. No, there's a difference between Midwest and Northeast. Yeah, that's true. They're a lot more observant (laughs) out in the Midwest. Props to all you Wisconsin people who are listening, all two of you. <laughs> we'll look at the statistics and then maybe it's four. Maybe it's four. Maybe <laughs> off by half. We're not sure. If so, uh, have a good cheese feast for us. But um, so, so I know that you come you come from an Italian culture. What's your what's your background, Lauren? You're part Italian, Italian right? Yeah. So, in your culture, food is often used to associate with love, right? Oh. Do you find that in your family? Yes. And what is it about food that can communicate love? Well, I think it's it's a lot in how you prepare it. Like I think a great example um, is. Not talking about Italian culture per se, but if you're making a sandwich for someone else, your partner or your kid or somebody, it's like you could slap together peanut butter and jelly really sloppily on a piece of bread and just toss it to them. Or you can do it with care Mm. and present it well, or maybe give them a better sandwich than a PB&J, right? (laughs) Like, so what you put into it is an act of love and how you do it. That's true. So the amount of time. I mean, that really goes with everything, but I think um, food... You know, we eat every day, several meals a day, right? So there's a lot of opportunity. I've always thought that that's why God made us to eat three times a day. Because we could eat like snakes, right? Once every three weeks. But I think God wants us, he knows that that's the only time sometimes that we'll sit down and talk with one another and have true communion. Yeah. I think that's another thing too, and especially in Italian culture, is just bringing people together. Mm. Like, so my brother's wife was from Wisconsin, and they and like when they eat dinner this is together, not sponsored by the state of Wisconsin, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Um, and so when they would eat dinner together, it would be twenty minutes. They would cook food, eat twenty minutes, and then and then get up and clean and do something else. Yes. Yeah. Then she comes into our family. Oh no! And this is just a normal Sunday, and this is back when we used to do this. You know, fifteen years ago, 10, 15 years ago, and like a Sunday meal is a three to four hour occasion. Sure. Multiple right. courses. Right. You've been to these. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. There's a lovely family called the Marchetti family right. here in yeah. Stanford who has okay. these, these amazing meals. Right. And it's a long affair. And she's like, why are we still at the table? It's been, it's we, we sat down at three and now it's seven. <laughs> like, why are we still here? And it's like, right. we, well, we haven't eaten dessert yet. That's <laughs> right. It's like, but we're still here. It's like, well, you don't understand. This is the process. And like Christmas would be. Christmas would be all day. All day, right? All day. Yeah. Sitting at the table all day. And Family, friends come in. And... and like sometimes me and my brother would escape and go like play video games for a while and then come back for the next course. It'd be like lasagna and then rack of lamb and then something. Then we'd have like past and then like all this stuff. Okay. Something that's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. When I go to Italian dinners, I have no idea if the pasta is the last course. It's right, so, not. so I no, fill no, up a, creamy. I no, fill up a no, pasta and then they're like, okay, here's the beef. I'm like, what? There's another course. Hold on. I'm stuffed. <laughs> Yeah. 
So that is very different than my uh, experience yeah. being. We'd always have lasagna French before German. turkey on Thanksgiving. Lasagna before turkey. Oh, lasagna. that's hilarious. It was. I don't great. know. Yeah, it's just yeah, how do you, don't make how do you fit lasagna. it all in? You know, my Easy. family is not like it, it's, that it's Italian. Like, it's like it's a five-hour affair. So by the time you get to the next course, we eat the hors d'oeuvres, I guess, okay. for like the first two okay. to three hours. That's fun. And everybody mingles. My family has never done hors d'oeuvres. We don't. Not, do we're not an hors d'oeuvre family. Oh, that's we don't really do hors d'oeuvres. Not an appetizer. A shame. It is a shame. <laughs> My family doesn't do the multiple course meals. It's like it all comes out at once. You sit down, yeah. you eat, clean. I, have, I haven't done a lot lately, but when I used to throw dinner parties, they would be four or five hours. And that's awesome. That's a it beautiful tradition. It would be so tradition. much fun. It's a beautiful tradition. And I would say uh, from the Italian cooking I've done, like nothing is very hard, but it takes time. You know? Like oh, yeah. Chicken parm. Delicious. Love it. But it, it takes time to yeah. flatten the meat and bread it, prepare it cook it fry it bake it right like that right. goes with everything in italian cooking it, it's generally a lot of the same ingredients it's very simple if you get fresh you know good stuff it's going to turn out well it's just a process so that's another thing where it's an act of love like i'm willing to spend my afternoon to prepare one meal for however whoever's coming over yeah mm-hmm. you know give up my time to do that that's very true yeah i had a very large friend in college uh, who used to say food is god's love made edible and sometimes it'd be like, you need a little less of God's love right now in your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think, it also I think depends I just, on what you're choosing. Like in the examples we're talking about, cooking for family and friends, like homemade meals, good ingredients. Yeah. Right? Much healthier. I wanted to mention that. Fast food, easy, quick, throw together, you know, quick prepared meals from the grocery store, right? They tend to say like, don't shop in the middle aisle, shop around the exterior, mm. right? For fresh fruits and vegetables and meats and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it certainly matters what you're choosing, what you're eating. I remember when, when McDonald's first came to Italy, the Italian bishops had a big debate as to whether or not McDonald's was evil. And, and they, they, um, finally McDonald's had to step in into this debate and say, fast food means that it's served fast, not that it's eaten fast. Oh, Cause yeah. they thought, they thought fast food was so antithetical to their very culture. Ah, right. Yeah. They're like, yeah. they're like, this is an abomination. Well, I think, I think there's a point, good point though, about good ingredients, because like when you talk about, okay, God's just to take that analogy, God's love made edible. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also the, the, the fruit of the earth Yeah. yeah. is edible, right? A very true. And we should respect it. And so one of my things that I've been harping on for the past year or so when I cook, especially for myself, but also for others is just picking very high quality ingredients and not touching them like if you're going to cook if you're going to buy a really high quality piece of salmon just do salt and pepper don't put a marinade on it just do salt and pepper and cook it really well huh. like cook it that's properly. how i feel about steak steak same thing just really i oh, no. love pepper. the taste of steak there's nothing I'm, else that you need i know but i'm a frenchman so and good. the french need everything in a sauce everything <laughs> so but even the french though they'll cook it with just butter that's true, right? That's true. Oh, butter, Which butter is, covers yeah. a multitude yeah. of sins. Right? Yeah. So it, you know, and that's it's a sauce, I guess, but it's really just a way of cooking the meat. Yeah, it, that's very true. It's doing that's very true. The burn was that? The burn brown, brown, brown butter. That's where. Yeah. And it all comes full circle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us in this episode of Restless. And at your next meal, thank God for the blessing of what it is. Make sure you connect with others over your food. Make sure you show your love to others through your food because feasting is a beautiful aspect of our Christian faith that celebrates the great feasts of what Christ has done for us and gets us together in communion with one another. You've joined us on this episode of Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM or 103.9 FM. Tune in next time.